When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tampa Bay Lightning are off to their best start, and that's hard to believe, after 24 games in franchise history, and they will raise the banner for the Stanley Cup champions uh, at Emily Arena when they welcome back about 3,800 fans on Saturday night. Should Andre Vasilevsky be considered an MVP candidate of the league at this point? And what should we make of all the line changes that have worked so well for John Cooper? How has Andre Palat raised his game, and what is he meant to the bolts on the power play without Nikita Kucherov? We'll talk all that and more with Eduardo Encina, who covers the Lightning for the Tampa Bay Times, on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get to Eduardo, just a quick note about the NFL and their salary cap. Uh, they finally have a firm number now. It is $182.5 million. They figure it would be somewhere between 180 183 so they sort of split the difference there. Uh, and uh, what that means is uh, they now have to comply uh, and start restructuring some contracts and doing some things to get – their players in under the salary cap. The Bucks really don't have a lot of money. They're a little in the negative right now, um, but they will do some things, obviously, with uh, with their deals as they continue to sign players. But they're going to have to do some restructuring. I think that starts with Tom Brady. I think that uh, Brady will probably add another year. We saw the re-signing of Levante David. They were able to um, you know, add some voidable years, which they don't like to do, but they put it at the back end of his contract, and his first-year cap number was only $3.5 million. He's going to be making $25 million for the first two years with $20 million guaranteed. So you can see how this is an accounting thing, but at least they have a firm number, and it is significantly lower than where it was uh, just a year ago, and that's because of the lack of attendance and the fans and that sort of thing lowered the revenues, and so that split – it's much smaller, but uh, they're close to, I think, getting some TV contracts and things like that that will raise it next year. And I think what what's going to happen, and it may benefit the Bucks, Steve, is that some of these guys are going to go out into free agency. Some of the veteran players, in particular, some of the older vets, like guys like Indomitian Sue, perhaps, or um, you know, certainly Antonio Brown, uh, Leonard Fournette, and they're going to find that there's not a lot of money for them on many of these teams because most teams have salary cap issues. Yeah, I think you have to be you have to be like the Shaq Barrett category where teams are willing to go long term on you, um, and you've got that means you've got to be one of the best free agents. If you're just kind of a middle of the pack free agent, um, and there you know right. Antonio Brown's talents unquestioned, but his age and and his history and that I don't you're not going to get long term deals for Antonio Brown in this in this environment. It's the best free agents can still get their money. Everybody else is going to get shorter term deals. Um, and maybe not quite as much money until the revenues start to come back or the salary cap goes up next season, presumably. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and I think you're going to see a lot of players wanting to do one-year deals, quite frankly, because they know the money will be back in the system next year and they can certainly profit from a, a long-term deal when that when that occurs. And so they wanna, won't want to be locked down long-term now because teams just some, simply don't have it. So, um, like I said, it may, it may ultimately – work in the in the Bucks' favor and and of course the next 
target for them, I think, is is getting Shaquille Barrett back in the fold. And the fact that they didn't franchise him meant that uh, once once Shaquille Barrett and Drew Rosenhaus saw that, now they're more than willing to uh, to talk long term extension. Uh, and of course, the the sort of legal tampering period begins on March fifteenth with. Uh, the the first day of the new year league year when you can sign free agents is, is the 17th of March. So we're right around the corner, just a few days uh, from that. Okay. Eduardo Encinas joins us now. Tom Jones tomorrow, right? All right. This is uh, one of a real treat for me. Get to talk to my buddy cop, Eduardo Encina, who covers the lightning for the Tampa Bay times. Eduardo. Oye, what's happening, man? Oye, how we doing buddy cop? It's a long time. Ah. New year. I know, man. I, you've been on a ten thirty four for a long time, and uh, you know I'm I'm uh, I'm ready to jump in there. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to grab the seat next to you and uh, uh, and get going. But yeah, you've got the Tampa four is is covering hockey. Oh, is that right? I hope so. That's, I don't even know what they are, but ten thirty four code. Okay, good. Well, that's what you've been doing, and yep. what a hockey team. I mean, look, you know, defending Stanley Cup champions and all of that. I get it. Okay, but then. They're off to the best start in franchise history after 24 games, and we haven't. We're not even going to see Nikita Kucherov, their best player, maybe the best player in the league, until maybe the playoffs. So, I mean, even for them, are you a little surprised at at this kind of start that they've had? Yeah, I mean, you knew they'd start off well, right? And I think that you know the big question was, you know, you really can't replace Nikita Kucherov, but you know you're getting Steven Stamkos back, and obviously this is pretty much the exact, you know, same core for the most part. Uh, you know, the one the Stanley Cup last year. So you had all that going for you. But still, I, I think they've been a little bit surprising in the sense that, that they've they've started out this well. And obviously, there's a lot of different factors here. You know, the realignment of the division, um, you know, they're, they're not playing, you know, so, some of the heavyweights and maybe they they play every, um, you know, in in, in, the, in a typical format. But, you know, they're still in a really good division. You know, I mean, they've still got some, some really good teams here with uh, Carolina and Florida. Uh, you know, Dallas is a team that doesn't look good you know, in the win column, but they're better than they are. And then obviously teams like Chicago who have kind of, you know, been better than expected. But, you know, I, I think the big thing here is that, you know, when you talk to them and, and maybe this is the bar that they've set for themselves, is that like you would never tell that they're, they have the best record in hockey, <laughs> you know, because to them it's about trying to get to a full 60 minute game. It's about trying to, you know, put together this, this game where, you know, they're, they're playing solid from first period to third period and, and not, you know, the past few day, few nights they've been battling from behind a few times. They've needed overtime to win a few times. So, um, you know, th- th- you can tell they're not necessarily satisfied by this, even though you look at the standings and there they are, you know, 38 points and, uh, you know, tied with the, um, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs with the best, the most points in the league. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting to see the, kind of what, what what the the outer perspective is and then kind of what the inner perspective is when, when you kind of talk to these guys. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. But to answer your question, yeah, it's a definitely surprising. One thing that's been, I think, kind of fascinating to watch a little bit in addition to the new alignment of the divisions is that you might go into a into a city and, and play a hockey team three times like they did mm-hmm. against Chicago in, in four nights. Um, what's been the sort of the response to that? I mean, these take on uh, kind of a series, almost a playoff type feel at times. I mean, and yet, you know, all those games are worth a lot of points, right? So it's a it's a big swing for every game you win or lose. So, uh, what what's been the adjustment to that? 
Yeah, so you're right. I mean, the, the games mean a lot more, not just because it's 56 games, but you know, like you said, you know, each game matters because they're against division opponents and only against division opponents. Now, you know, you make a good point there with with, the, with kind of these these mini series almost, and and they kind of take on a little bit of a feeling of of a playoff series, and not in the sense that mm-hmm. uh, you know you're you're advancing to a next round or anything like that, but in, in terms of the adjustments, you know, like you'll you'll see. Yes. You know, one game getting played a certain way one night, and then two nights later, mm-hmm. it's completely different because you know the teams have kind of made adjustments to each other. Um, you know, uh, you know against uh, you know a couple of these series that started off, you know against you know teams like Chicago and Florida. You know, the Lightning kind of got a little bit of a wake up call because these teams might have been a little bit faster, uh, you know, on skates than than maybe they expected. You know, um, because they, they expect to be the the, you know, the, the best skating team on, on the ice at all times. So, but that gave them also the opportunity to kind of make those adjustments and, and see how they could, uh, you know, adjust to, you know, maybe another team's speed or anything like that. So there, it does kind of carry on this, like, uh, you know, I think, you know, when you have played three straight games or four straight games uh, against the same team, that, that it's, it's kind of a little bit of a, uh, little bit of a chess match that you do see in playoff series and stuff like that. I think, you know, for a lot of these teams, it's, it's probably good to see that because, uh, you know, again, you're seeing this all season long and even into the playoffs, even through the first two rounds of the playoffs, it's going to be against your division opponents. So, um, you know, for the lightning, I think they look at it as, you know, how do we prepare ourselves to, to play these teams and make sure that, uh, you know, we're in a good spot and put ourselves in a good spot to, you know, win seven game series against them. So, um, I think that's the way they kind of look at it. And, um, you know, so far it's been so good because, uh, you know, they haven't lost very many games. And, um, you know, most if you look at the, you know, best of series, you know, they, they've kind of come on top on most of, most of them. Yeah. And I mean, they're on this long road trip uh, and, and, you know, have gotten you know, points in damn near every game that they've played this season, it seems. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, if, if, uh, you know, they play a rested team like Detroit and they get off to a slow start. Um, you know, they can fall behind, you know, two or three goals here or there. Right. But this team just seems to have a gear at the end of the game. And and, and I guess it's just that, like you're talking about the champions in them that when it's winning time, if it's overtime, if it's the third right. period, they just they just seem to step on the gas. I've never – I don't think I've seen a team be able to do that almost, almost on cue. You know, it's really – it's really remarkable to watch. They're never out of a game is what it seems like. Yeah, it's it's weird, Rick, because I feel like the more I watch them, the more it's surprising to see them not pull out a game. You know, when I look mm-hmm. back on it, it's kind of like you can kind of see, you know, pick out a couple games. You know, there was one in Chicago a couple of days ago where they lost in a shootout. And, uh, you know, there was a one nothing game in um, in Carolina that they lost in overtime. But, yeah, I mean, when it gets to, you know, quote unquote crunch time and whether that's the third period, whether that's overtime, you know, you, you kind of have learned to expect them to figure out a way to pull it out. And I think, you know, you know, going into the season, you know, we heard so much about how how this was different now. You know, you know, this, winning the yeah. Stanley Cup changes you and it changes you in a lot of ways. And, you know, w- w- when you talk to these guys, it does seem, though, that like the, the, it's a little bit different because they know the reward for the process, you know, and. Um, you know, pro, John Cooper's saying is it's it's what a uh, you know process over outcome, right? And you know, when you win the cup, you buy into that, right? Because you have the uh, you have everything to look back on and say, yeah, you know, we did this and we got this. So mm-hmm. I think everything kind of goes back to that and, and trusting in 
that process and that's whether that's a team process or guys individually their own processes and you know it's it's a situation where like you said uh you know it, it might take them a little bit to get going on some nights but um you almost expect at some point whether that's in the you know the other night when they fell down three goals you know i think it was three minutes into the second and just like that, boom, there were, it was a tied game, you know, or whether it's, you know, last night down a goal with nine minutes left and, you know, you get Eric mm-hmm. Chernak gets a goal and, um, you know, you, you go into overtime and win. So um, they've done it a lot and kind of the proof is in the pudding right now and where he, we reached the, the uh, you know, the, the halfway mark of the season coming up here and, and, and that's kind of the resume they've built for themselves. And, you know, it, you know, Cooper kind of has to keep it, keep it one step ahead. And you know, like I said, he's, He's still, you know, kind of searching for them to play that sixty-minute game. But, you know, it, it's there's also a lot of value. I asked him today about learning how to play from behind and learning how to grind out games and learning how to do it. And even though this team has done it before, you know, we've seen a lot of line changes. We got guys who are maybe playing with different guys. You know, so even though they, this group has done it, and there's no doubt that they're battle tested, um, you know, it, it does. It is a part of that process of learning how to you know, come from behind, win games, you know, know when you're not necessarily at your best initially and still uh, being able to, you know, pull out a W or at least, you know, get a point out of it. I want to talk about those line changes in just a minute, but I, I think, you know, what's what's always um, different when you, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? I mean, they are right. the Stanley Cup champions. And they went to Florida a little while ago, and I thought I thought maybe this occurred, you know, early on in that series where, Everyone is going to give you their best shot. They all want to measure themselves against the champs. So yeah. how have they adjusted to being the hunted instead of instead of that team that, that, that is hunting? Yeah, I think, you know, you mentioned that Florida series, and that's a really good example. You know, I think they were a little bit maybe surprised a little bit by Chicago uh, this week. But mm-hmm. um, and even even a team like Detroit that's, you know, not, you know, they're not going to be in the playoffs. They're not going to be in the picture. But, you know they know that they're going to get their best. You know, you know, the mm-hmm. teams circle that, that, uh, that date on the calendar when the lightning come to town. So I think it's something they've, they've long been aware of, but still needed reminders, you know? And I think, mm-hmm. you know, when, when they go, when they went into Florida, um, you know, that, that was a series that, uh, you know, they, they, they definitely looked like they were outskated uh, in at least a one, one, maybe two of those games. And they, they still were able to kind of pull some things out of their hat, but um, but I think they, they know, I mean, they, 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 how many times they've had to be reminded that they're Stanley Cup champions is, you know, by, by everyone around them and obviously, you know, experiencing the whole thing. But, um, you know, I, I think still over the course of a season, you do have reminders, uh, that, that you're going to get everyone's best game. And the interesting thing about this year, like I said, is with this realignment, you get so, you get to know so much about the teams in your division, you know? Right. And, right. Um, but you know, for the most part, you really don't know too much about everyone else. You know, uh, mm. there's, there's no way to gauge yourself against some of these, you know, it, it, I think, you know, Cooper was talking about this the other day. It's like, it, it'd be cool to see, see like some date on the schedule when the, when the lightning were going to play the Leafs, you know, all the, the big, great, great start that they've had, but there's not going to be any opportunity to really gauge themselves against them. And they yeah. might not ever have it, you know, like both teams would have to get through, you know, two rounds of the playoffs and be kind of, you know, locked into the right alignment and, in, in the you know, in the final four and stuff like that to, to even get there. So uh, it, it is a different season in that sense that, you know, you don't have, you know, kind of the, the, the ability to gauge yourself against a lot of teams. It's really these seven teams 
in a division that you can gauge yourself against. But there's no doubt that from top to bottom, uh, those seven teams, you know, they look on the schedule and they know, uh, you know, they, they have those games marked against against the uh, against the Lightning. No doubt. You mentioned John Cooper, who, you know, uh, manages this team and coaches his team, I think, brilliantly. Um, and his record shows that. But um, and I've never understood this part. The insider part of hockey in this this respect that, that you know how he's able to change lines uh, at a certain point in the season or against a certain opponent. I don't know what precipitates it, but when you have, I just want to ask you about what we've seen of late. Some of the new lines with uh, Anthony Sorelli and Braden Point and and Andre Palat. Um, then you got Yanni Gord and, and Alex Kalorn with Stamkos and Tyler Johnson with Blake Coleman and and, and Goudreau. Um, how have those been been running? What what precipitates that that sort of alignment when he wants to change yeah. them up? Yeah, I think you know. I think there's a few things. One is just you know you want to get a different look, and maybe sometimes you think the guys get a little bit maybe too comfortable in their lines, you know. And yeah, uh, you know, yeah. for the most part, those guys were together those lines, uh, you know, since the beginning of of the Stanley Cup run, you know, when they went to the to the bubble. So those guys have all played right. with each other for a long time, and I think sometimes, you know. You know, there, there's there's a value of knowing each other, but then there's also a value of like getting to play with different guys too. And you know, mm-hmm. that, hockey's the one sport that you know you're, you're you're kind of aligned with those guys. You know, you, those right. are the guys you take the ice with and five on five every single time, and those are the guys you practice with. So, you know, getting a different look can sometimes you know energize guys. And you know, the the, the one thing about uh, you know the, these most recent ones, you know, putting Sorelli uh, with, with, with point and pull out, you know, you've got, you know, an, an enormous amount of speed on that line, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you, but you also have, you know, uh, you know, you, you want to have, you know, moving Stamkos to the, the other one, the number two line with Kalorn, um, and, and uh, I'm losing my, who's Yanni Gord. um, Yanni Gord. But, yeah. And Yanni Gord, you know, those, uh, you know, th- there's different things to that too. I mean, Gord made a, Gord is just a you know energizer bunny out there, right? Yeah, he brings yeah. something to that line. Whereas you know Stamkos brings the you know the, the scoring dimension, the sniping dimension. You know you you got to always account for him. You know and mm-hmm. Alex Kalorn just like a, a solid you know you know gritty you know mm-hmm. guy who, who does kind of a, a little bit of everything. Um, and you know I think that one of the interesting changes has been that that Tyler Johnson line. Actually, writing about it for tomorrow is you know moving him back to center in yes. that line with, with um, Goodrow and Coleman, who are two guys that he's really hasn't played with, you know, uh, both those are guys that, you know, they got at the trade deadline last year before, you know, before the pause and you know, probably about a year ago, you know, exactly a year ago. So, um, but some, the one thing too, is like, you know, you have all these guys who play center too, you know, whether it's Gord, whether it's uh point, whether it's Sorelli, Stamkos, uh, Johnson, you know, all those guys are, are, are natural centermen. And sometimes when you can kind of move them around a little bit, um, whether it's moving them to center so they can maybe play a little bit more, uh, maybe open up their game a little mm-hmm. bit, or put them on the wing where you know they don't necessarily have quite the responsibilities but can still kind of move within the flow of their games. Sometimes that helps. You know, it always helps to get a different look at guys. Um, and the, the one thing that, that has been interesting that that, that I think Cooper is really good at is just fighting the matches. Though it's like to know that. Yanni Gord, who had done so well on that like kind of grinding third line with Coleman and Goodrow, would would fit in so well in that second line, you know. And you know, wherever you put Anthony Sorelli, uh, you know, I think Anthony Sorelli's been the guy this year who's been, you know, he's just kind of really 
kind of come into his own in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and you put him on that first line with, you know, with the score that, that both Palat and Braden Point had become, like that just becomes just a deadly line, pick your poison kind of line, you know? So um, I just think it's been, it's, it's, he's been so good at really just kind of, to, you know, and the term is, but put him in the blender, right? But there's, it's not just that. It, there's, there's a, a, a method to the madness, but, um, you know, so far they've, they've been so good and it's been uh, the situation where, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's been some really good mix and match of guys. You know, it's not just, you know, you're making this a scoring line or you're making this a hitting line or this is the puck possession line or anything like that. It's like they, these guys seem to fit and they seem to fit in well in these new spots. You know, you mentioned uh, Andre Palat, and, and he's a, he's always been a guy that, uh, you know, he had the hot stick in the playoffs, but he's always been a guy that kind of is known just for for doing everything well, right? I mean, he can go right. uh, get pucks in the corner. I mean, he, he plays defense. He does everything well. Um, but now uh, he's off to a, a career start with, with his power play goals. Of course, they put him in the spot where Kucherov is. But but what is it? What, what or used to be? What does it say about about a guy like Palat to come alive like that offensively this year? Yeah, well, I think he's just this guy who kind of has done. He's always been kind of the, the number three guy on the line, right? Um, right. Whether going back to the triplets line um, back in back in the day, and mm-hmm. I think now you know you put him on that power play or you put him on that first line, and you have so many weapons. Like I said, pick your poison. But you know when, when you look at that power play line as it as it is right now. And you have, you know, they move Braden point inside, you know, kind of that bumper spot in front of the net. Um, and then you have obviously Stamkos from the left circle in his office, you have, you know, Victor Hedman and the point and, you know, how do teams, you know, if you're, if, if you're a, a, a team down at a, at a man disadvantage, how do you cover all these guys, you know? Right. And, right. you know, what's happened is that, you know, they've had to give a lot of attention to a lot of different guys. And I think the big thing, as much as it's about point, it's about uh, Palat moving out to the that right circle spot. And it is a really important part, uh, place because that's kind of the where the, uh, you know, where the the plays kind of develop from, um, as you know, especially when Kucherov was there. But it's also putting point in the middle because, you know, that just creates constant chaos because he flies around and he's just such a, a presence there. You never know what he's going to do in front of the net. And that's where he kind of makes his money. So, you know, it's really, like I said, it's just kind of a pick your poison. And Andre Palat's got a lot of good looks. And I think the more these guys have kind of played together and the more that they've kind of noticed that, um, you know, at some point, I think people have to pay more attention to him on that right circle. But, um, you know, his shot's gotten better. You know, he's, you know, a couple of years ago, he had come off some injuries and and they told him, hey, you you need to get a step quicker to, to play on some of these lines. And he did that. So, um, you know, he's kind of this guy who, uh, you know, does everything right. And now he's kind of getting rewarded with, with the numbers, but, um, you know, just from like writing about him a couple of times, you know, the fans love this, you know, they love Andre a lot. He's, oh, yeah. he's one of the, the, the fans favorite guys because of, I think he, he does a lot of those, those things, you know, he's, he's never hesitant to get to battle for a puck or, or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been interesting to see him emerge, but, I think when you kind of really look into it, it's not too surprising. And especially when you look at all the weapons that you do have, even and it's amazing to say all the weapons you do have, and they don't have a key to coach Kucher off there. Right. But, you know, it's, uh, but the weapons that they do have on that power play, it's not, not necessarily that surprising. 
Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Well, a lot of the guys want to shade to that left circle where one Steven Stamkos yeah. is ready to take yeah. that one-timer, right? So um, you certainly benefit benefit from that. Uh, the other night, uh, Eric Chernak took a, a pretty bad hit, and it, you didn't know exactly what the result of that was going to be, you know, whether it would be something that was lingering. Well, it didn't linger very much. He came back and he had the Gordie Howe hat trick, right? Uh, the goal, the assist, and the fight. Um, this is one tough dude. Uh, he just brings an attitude to their game, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and now he's shooting the puck a lot more, too. So you add that into it and, you know, all, all the stuff right. that he does, you know, as as a defenseman and, you know, bringing the hits, big and physical. Um, he's he's one of these guys that, you know, we, we talk so much about how the Lightning are such a veteran-laden team, but um, – I think one thing that, that that's really exciting to follow for fans right now is that, you know, you've got this core of these guys who are really you know, 23, 24 years old, you know, in their third and right. fourth year. And you're really kind of seeing them really kind of step on, step into the, into the spotlight a lot. And that's, you know, obviously guys like Chernak, Sorelli, Mikhail Sergachev, like these are all guys that, you know, restricted free agents. They all resigned them to, you know, bridge contracts to keep them here for, for several more years. And you're really starting to see them, um, you know, come into their own and become go from these guys who are developing players into guys who are really gonna, you know, just you know become great players. You know, um, I think you can tell. Like, I I, I love watching Anthony Sorelli play. I think he's he's like a star in the making here. And absolutely, um, but you know, you see the same kind of promise in guys like Chernak and Sergachev. You know, on the blue line, um, and you know, I, I think this is kind of a byproduct of you know some of it is obviously. I think in the NHL right now, guys uh, at 23, 24, you know, they've they've got years in the league by then um, versus maybe in the past. But also it's it's being in the system and being around, you know, some of these veteran guys who, who they've been around and been able to learn from, you know, uh, you know, Mikhail Sergachev. There's no better guy for him to learn from than Victor Hedman, you know. Um, right. So I think, you know, what's really exciting for, for Lightning fans to see right now is kind of this um, – yeah, I wouldn't call it a changing of the guard because I don't think it's that yet. But it's it's definitely you know this next level of these young players coming up and developing on their own, and you know just making you know what's already a you know consensus Stanley Cup contender even better. You know, so um, guys like Chernak, they show that in the games like last night. You know, he, he doesn't necessarily get a lot of credit for everything he does, but obviously last night that was that was a big night for him. And same thing with Sergachev. The, you know, he. He does a lot of different things. Uh, he got he had I think eleven or twelve assists, but I think he just scored his first goal a couple of nights ago. He does so much stuff too. Um, and then you know obviously Sorelli's a, a big part of everything. So, um, but yeah, it's it's you know it's it's kind of exciting to see. And um, you know, and, and we think about you know what were we doing at twenty three, twenty four years old, Rick? Ah. Uh, well, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> probably one that I had had to wait for. Uh, you know, 
Well, we'll just leave it there. Um, <laughs> let, let, let me let me ask you about this because you mentioned young guys, and and and, and that's the thing that always uh, uh, surprises and delights Lightning fans is that it doesn't seem to matter who they bring up, right? From juniors right. Uh, in the NHL, what have you, and um, you know we, we've seen uh, Alex uh, Barabale, we've seen Ross Colton, um, and and the, another guy who who has been up but is playing great. And I think the difference is that they've moved him now to center where he's not stopping and starting. He's, you know, he's, he's playing the 200 foot game as Matthew Joseph. What have you, yeah. what have you made of all these young guys that come in here and just look like they belong right away? Well, yeah, it's funny because, you know, I think I asked Cooper this probably like two or three weeks ago, and I think it might've had to do with Joseph, but you know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, and this is a part of the system too. So there's the, there's the aspect where you're learning from, from uh you know from these veteran guys but there's also the aspect of like you're not going to get playing time right away right and there's very few guys who cut the line um you know you have a you know Nikita Kucherov you have a Braden Point you have guys like that and you know for the Mm -hmm. most part a lot of other guys have to kind of bide their time and Mm -hmm. um you know I think you know Matthew Joseph was kind of one of those guys you know he obviously got uh you know a lot of of ice time in his rookie year but last year that kind of went down he spent some time you're going between, uh, you know, you know, Tampa Bay and, and Syracuse. But, um, you know, I think he has learned how to play a 200-foot game, which I think is, is really important. Right. And it's like you said, it's allowed him, you know, to play in the middle. And mm-hmm. he's been able to utilize his speed that way yes. and, uh, you know, find a two-way game. And uh, when, when you talk to Matthew Joseph, it's not really about uh, – you know, it's not really about getting that 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 shot in the slot that scored a goal. It's more about battling for the puck in the corner. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the. I mean, we all know this, right? We we can go back to you know 2019, right? And 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 know when everything changed for the Lightning, right? It was you know four games against Columbus when they realized that you know they were going to have to be a little bit tougher and a little bit better defensively. And you know, I think you, you go back to that and. Uh, th- those young guys learn that, and you know that's how they get the that's how they get their ways into the lineup. So um, it's been interesting to see some of these new guys come up and get their opportunities because, um, in in a lot of ways, they provided sparks. You know, Alex Berbelay, you mentioned him. You know, the game that he came up, he had some incredible you know uh, north pat north south passes that, that he made in that game, and um, you know it's kind of the way they play in in Syracuse. So uh, you know, Ross Colton showed a lot of speed, and you know he scored a goal in, in that. I think it was a second shift. So second um, shift, you know, yeah. these guys are getting a taste and um, they're getting the opportunity to, to, to see it. And also too, you know, this is going to be um, especially down the stretch, you know, they're going to need some of these guys and I don't know exactly how much, but you know, you know, with all these games getting rescheduled now, just look at the schedule uh, you know, for the next couple of weeks and, you know, they get have a game where they basically, I think on Monday they play four o'clock here against Nashville and then they, have an eight thirty game the next night in Dallas, so the schedule gets a little bit more challenging, and you never know who you're going to need to call up, and uh, you know it's beyond the five guys on the taxi squad. So, um, you know, I, I think it, it's interesting to see some of these young guys play, but you know they all kind of have to earn their stripes a little bit, and um, th- that's what they've been doing. But um, there's no doubt that that the Lightning are excited about a lot of these younger players, and um, you know, like I said, like you said, the fans, the fans should be too. I'm going to ask. I'm going to save the best two for last, 
And I'll start with Victor Hedman. There was a pretty interesting uh, story. I think it was SI or somebody asked the question of Victor Hedman. Are you the best yeah. player in the NHL? Ah, you can make that argument, Eduardo. I mean, I, you know, for all that he does for this hockey team and all he does, you know, as a defenseman and on the power play, not many guys have that skill set, man. No, they're not. And, and and there's a lot of really good defensemen in this league. You know, there's there's a lot of like the defenseman position is one that like guys do a lot of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when it when it comes down to everything that Hedman does, like you said, on all of those all of those units and just how uh you know influential he is. I mean, we saw in the postseason last year about, you know, I think everyone's uh heart dropped when they saw him twist his ankle in that uh mm-hmm. in one of those first games in the bubble there, right? And yeah. Um, you know, him and him and Vasilevsky, I think, are the two guys that like really, uh, you know, if if they go down, everyone's heart goes down. And there's there's no there's no joke that um, he he means that much to this team. And you know, when you talk about best defense in the league, he's definitely there. You know, I mean, like it's um, you know, again, one of the big things to that's hard to compare now is just because you you don't like uh, you know, you saw in Nashville, you know the he, they got uh, they played Yossi, who won the Norris, you know, Norris last year, right? So you can kind of see, you know, how do these guys kind of match up with each other and stuff like that. But for the most part, you really can't see, you know, you know, matching up against, you know, the other defense, another one of the top defensemen in the league, because you know you only see these seven teams. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's no doubt that Victor Hedman means so much to this team, and his his value to the team is invaluable because, uh, you know, just of everything he does and. He's just—I don't know—like he's just a—he's just a guy, you know what I mean? He's just—he's a dude. He's just a real dude. Yeah. Who just does yeah. everything and just quietly does it. And you will never hear Victor Hedman say that—that that he's the best. Mm. Best, you know. You'll hear everyone else say that about him. You'll never hear Victor say it. But um, yeah. but yeah, but that's that's definitely that's definitely a conversation worth having. Definitely. Such in control. And then finally, you uh, you said it there, Andre Vasilevsky, as good as this guy, he's the best goaltender on the planet um, for my money. Should he be in the in the MVP conversation? I mean, at some point when you win all these games and your goal against average is like below two, I mean, you know, it, it's rare, but could could he win it? Yeah, it's rare, but I, yeah, there's no, there's no doubt that he should be in that conversation. I mean, he's like, I mean, like you said, it's, it's not, you don't put goalies in that conversation that much, but when you play as many games as Andre Vasilevsky does, it's not like, yeah. you know, he's, he should be in that, in that conversation. And, you know, if these, if these guys, uh, you know, go as far as they, they could go, it's going to be because of, I mean, the number yeah. one reason is going to be because of Andre Vasilevsky, I think, you know, and, um, exactly. you know, he's already guided them through games that they probably didn't deserve to win, that they won because of him. And, um, you mm-hmm. know, that was pretty recent, you know, and, and, you know, the stretch that he was on for those, you know, four or five games, including that scoreless streak that he was on. Like, I, I don't, you know, you know, Rick, like I haven't, I haven't, uh, you know, covered hockey as closely as I ha- as I am now, but like I was going through that stretch, like asking myself, I was like, is there anything better than this? You know, cause, <laughs> and, and as good as he is, you know? Right. And um, so the, he goes through these stretches where he's just, you know, unstoppable and, he feeds almost off of uh, them needing him like that, you know, mm-hmm. like he's a guy who, you know, he makes his, he's at his best when they need him the most. And if yeah. that's, and you know, if that doesn't uh, define what an MVP is, 
you know, and I know there's a lot of different factors into it. Like, but if that doesn't define it, then I don't, I don't really know what does. Yeah. It's a great, 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 uh, way to describe it. And I think that, um, you know, it, it, just, just watching him rise to the occasion and bail them out time and time and time again, yeah. and to see the frustration, the frustration of the other players when they have a point blank look and the range that he has and his ability to, to make these saves, it's, it's demoralizing to the other team is what it is. And you can just see um, them going back to the bench, shaking their heads over and over again. So it's really been something. Okay. So Saturday night, uh, the lightning are going to welcome back fans. Now it's, you went through the football without any fans. That was weird, obviously. Right. Um, hockey has played an entire uh, Stanley Cup you know, tournament final in, in, without fans in a bubble. Um, but but what what do you expect that to be like? Uh, the raising of the banner. How much? Uh, how much more? I know it's only you know it's not a full building, obviously. But how much will the players welcome back that scenario? Yeah, I mean, I think they've obviously been looking forward to it. I think that. Um, you know, the season started and I think there were only three teams that had fans in the stands. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think like their first, you know, six, seven, eight games, something like that, they played in empty arenas, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I think on opening night, they had some family and friends in the arena, uh, here in Tampa when they unveiled the banner, but it really right. wasn't a crowd. And, um, you know, gradually as the season's gone on, you know, there've been slowly more and more kind of fans in the stands and, you know, but it's still, you know, a couple thousand here, 500 there, whatever, but mm-hmm. they haven't had that experience of having the home crowd, you know, and, you know, past few games, there's been a small crowd of a couple, couple hundred of just like family and friends at the arena, but it'll be completely different here on Saturday because, sure. you know, first time the general public up to 4,000, you know, 3,800 fans in the stands. Um, I think that'll make a big difference. And, you know, obviously the big thing is going to be you know, raising that banner because I feel that, um, you know, they made the decision obviously before not to, not to lift it up to the rafters until the fans were back in the building. So um, everyone who has a ticket to that game is going to get to see something pretty special. Um, but yeah, I, there's no doubt. I mean, I was talking to Pat Maroon the other day and he was saying that, you know, you, you can, you can, you know, you can concentrate on the ice as much as you want, but you know, you, know, you feed off of the energy of a crowd and there's no Absolutely. doubt that, you know, just like, you know, when we saw at the bucks and, and stuff like that, is it, mm-hmm. And there's no doubt that they have an influence, you know, and like, you know, hockey is one of those games where like momentum shifts so quickly too, that yeah. and crowds can go so fast, like up and down so fast that it, it might be even more of a factor, you know. I mean, you know, you got a big, you know, big fight in, in a in, in a in an opposing arena, and you know, there's no fans in the stands. You know, what what does that really do? Or you know, you you, you know, you mess in Vasilevsky. If 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 you see Vasilevsky turn away, you know two straight, you know, breakaway shots, you know, you better believe the fans matter in those instances, having a home crowd matters, you know? So I, I don't think that's, you know, lost on the players. I think they'll, they'll really, uh, really appreciate having that back. And, um, you know, even like I said, with, with the, I think it was 500 fans in the stands the past few games, you could still hear the, uh, you know, the hecklers getting on the refs for a bad call or something like that. So, you know, they're, they're, they're around, but, um, I think it, it'll be interesting. And like, I think the big thing here is that like, it's, it's, you know, with the vaccine rolling out and everything starting to open up again, you know, I think that, you know, it, it is kind of a step towards normalcy here. And I think that's the big thing for, for everyone, because I think that's kind of, you know, where they want to get it to. And they, who knows, I guess we're, we're so far away from 19,000 Amelie arena, but it's still a step forward. 
Well, it's going to be an exciting night when they raise the the banner to the uh, to the rafters there for the players and for the fans who are lucky enough to go. And Eduardo Encina will be there as well. You can read him on TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times covering the defending Stanley Cup champions. Man, they're going for number two back-to-back, trying to do that in the Tampa Bay Times. Thanks, Eduardo. Good seeing you. Good to hear from you, man. Buddy Cop, I miss you. I miss you on the beat, man. Yeah, I know. I know. I miss you, too. Uh, we'll have to go get some coffee and donuts sometime. And... Uh... <laughs> No doubt. Get back to our buddy cop days. All right, brother. We'll see you. All right. All right. We're at the end of the week almost. Tomorrow it's a return of Tom Jones will join me, my former radio partner. Of course, the longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times. You see him uh, in his newsletter at the Pointer Institute. will be with us on the big show on Friday. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 